Hello there. Yes, you are listening to the Death of a Bachelor podcast. I am Russ. I don't know why I felt to the need to over-enunciate there. You are listening to the Death of a Bachelor podcast. Um, but you are, so welcome to it. I appreciate it, and I thank you for spending this time with me. Um, and I do, I actually, before I get into anything, I do want to take a second and say thank you. Um, this is my first ever podcast my first season 24 episodes in now um and i only got a couple left really one episode left but i'm doing it in two parts um and then that's going to be it for this season quote unquote and then we'll move on to something else um or the next stage i guess but i just wanted I, i was really thinking about it today and yeah sure you know some of my more frequent listeners are related to me or very close to me, but there's other people who aren't and will randomly send me messages and tell me, you know, how much they enjoyed a certain episode or a moment they thought was funny or honest or helpful. And I love that, you know, that, that really means a lot to me because I don't know, I'm sitting in my basement talking into my tablet and a microphone and hoping that, you know, somebody gets something out of this other than myself. So to get any kind of feedback and to know that people are actually spending their time listening to this, because there's a lot of really good podcasts out there and there's a lot that are better than mine. (laughs) I know because I listen to them. So the fact that you would take any time at all to to listen to this really does mean a lot to me. And I I do. I thank you. Uh, I mean that uh, heartfully. Not a word. That's okay. Uh, So what I do want to say is moving forward, if you have any feedback, something you want to hear more of, something you want to hear less of, um, you know, if you want a different perspective, like I'd love to get feedback, good, bad or otherwise, uh, go to RussBurtonEntertainment.com, send me a message, uh, you know, or go to the Facebook page and, and hit me up that way, too. But it is episode 24. I I thank you. I welcome you. Uh, We are, as I'm recording this, six days away from the big day. Six days away. Really excited about that. Uh, Laura has banned me from doing any kind of countdown. But the way I see it, by the time she listens to this, it's going to be even closer than that. So (laughs) she'll be thankful and, and think, oh, man, I remember one time I had six days. No, wait, that's not going to go in my favor. I'm a dead man, um, so I'll enjoy this while I can. Uh, I, I do, uh, a side note, I, I like to imbibe a little bit when I'm doing these episodes and right beforehand. Um, you know, I, I'm certainly not a heavy drinker by any means, but I'll have like a beer uh, when I'm doing this or getting ready for it, just because it loosens me up, uh, you know, it started it early on. But this one in particular, uh, Ellicottville Brewing Company's Blueberry Beer, in the summertime, 
Honestly, there is nothing better. And I'm only telling the story because it was really funny. I was actually in the Elkaville Brewing Company and getting a growler of ale. And, uh, you know, I, I just had that mentality where it's like, I really like the blueberry, but I get it all the time. So I should probably try something else. And I'm trying to make up my mind. Do I want this or that? And the guy is like right about to pour myself, to pour me a growler of this blood orange beer, which I'm sure is also tasty. But I just stopped a mid pour. I said, you know what? Just do the blueberry. I want the blueberry. It's such a silly little thing. Why don't you just get what you want? You know, you're spending the money on it. You might as well actually get something you enjoy. Smooth segue uh, into this week's episode. That's right. It is the money episode. Uh, and um, I kind of was inspired to do this for a couple different reasons. Um, you know, it was one of those things early on where, you know, I was talking to Laura about different things that we could possibly, um, you know, start focusing on with the podcast, different topics that we could start hitting on, you know, instead of doing specific stories, just talk about things, you know, different challenges that families have to deal with and just tell stories of how we deal with it. And money is certainly one of those stressors. Um, but it's certainly come up more lately with the wedding and with the planning for it. And I tell you, it is ridiculous. Now we are very fortunate. We have a lot of great friends and family who are chipping in and helping out and relieving a lot of that stress. Um, you know, and I, you know, again, I, I DJ weddings, so I've been pretty lucky to make some connections. Um, you know, and, and, you know, have some people that have been very gracious with their, with their time and, and, you know, talents. So I'm thankful to all those people, but even with those little breaks here and there, it is expensive, man. And for, you know, I hate when people say, you know, all that money for just a party. Well, it's certainly more than that. I mean, it's, it's a celebration of beginnings, you know, it's, it's worth every penny really. Um, you know, as long as you're doing it the right way, if you're just doing it to throw this big elaborate, you know, gala to show off, you know, how much money you have. And some people do that. And Hey, if that makes you happy, you go ahead and do that. I couldn't do that. Um, you know, I just wanted to have a nice time, have a fun time for, uh, for my friends and family, uh, and, and celebrate this beginning, this awesome thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Cause it's, you know, one thing after another, you know, you think you're, you're caught up and it's like, Oh, I gotta buy a suit. Oh, we got to pay the cake lady. Oh, we have to, you know, pay the caterer. Like all these little things just add up. And, you know, it's it's that way through your whole life, really. I mean, it's just always there hanging over you. Like, do you remember, I, I think back to, you know, your first job. And me in particular, I think back to my first job, you know, working in fast food. And I remember the first time I got a paycheck that was over $100 I thought I was rich. Like, I thought I had monies, like, to burn. I was like, you know, I'm going nuts. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to bet it all in black because that's what the movie told me to do. Fast forward to actually getting a real job, you know, to getting real money. And I remember, you know, of course, you work a lot of part-time positions here and there. Um, but the first legit full-time job I had, like legit, 
I was 25 years old. Uh, and I had been working full time, but getting paid hourly. And I was, I was, you know, very stubborn and demanding that I wanted a salary. I wanted, cause I felt like that legitimized everything. Like if I had a salary, you're telling me I am worth this much money that that's exactly what it is. What it is is telling you your worth. Like you are willing to pay me this large amount of money where if it's hourly, it's like, oh, I'm worth, you know, five bucks an hour or whatever. That's it. That's expendable. Um, I didn't realize, didn't really hit me that I actually made more when I was salary than when I was hourly than when I moved to salary. Because at this time, 25 years old, working at a radio station, and my boss hits me with, okay, you want to be salaried so bad? We got an offer. We're willing to pay you $15,000 a year. And I was ecstatic. (laughs) I was beside myself because I'm like, because all I hear is the $15,000. I'd never had a salaried position before. Like, I don't really have a gauge of what money, like real money is. I just hear I'm getting $15,000. I'm like, I'm buying a car. Like, I'm... I'm going to live it up. I'm I'm moving out of that crummy apartment I got. I'm going to I'm going to buy a house. Maybe not that much. But still like you're thinking I'm going to be loaded. And then you get the actual check. And it's not quite what you thought, but it's still pretty good. And then oh, oh what's that? What's that paycheck? So you got to go to you got to go towards rent and bills. No, no, come back. Food, gas, come on. Some kind of outside life other than just living in your apartment. <laughs> Buy money. Yeah, it's gone like that. You know, I, I don't need to tell you because, you know, because you're living it. Um, but that's just it. It's just it's just there. And I feel like we all at some point have our struggles that you have to deal with. Um, you know, I know I, I remember one time and I, I tell this story because I think it's funny and it just shows off how ignorant I was when I first started handling money. Uh, and it leads up to, a, you know, the evolution to where I am now, I guess. Um, but I remember I had to call the bank one time because I wrote a check for either rent or bills or something, but I wrote a check that didn't clear and I was livid cause I could not understand why. And I called, I called the bank and I'm like, I need to talk to somebody. There's an issue with my account. Okay. Let's look it up. Let's get your info, blah, blah, blah. Um, Mr. Burton, you have an outstanding balance. Why? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. You're not so bad yourself. Um, no, uh, Mr. Burton, you you don't have any money. <laughs> that that's why the check didn't go through. And I tell you what, you've never you've never had a quicker end to a conversation ever in your life than when when you're talking to somebody from a bank and you don't have money. It's just literally what they do. So it's like, uh, oh, okay. Well, I can understand where where that's an issue. Um, you know, what what else can we do? You know, how else can we get around this? Well, you can give us money. <laughs> well, you have a good day now, my friend. Uh, yeah, the quickest end of a conversation I've ever had. Um, you know, and thankfully I started building up through the years, started getting a little bit smarter, not much, a little bit. Um, 
you know, and then I go through a rough patch, you know, where I'm unemployed and that is tough, uh, especially when you don't have that in, in sight and you don't have, you know, that stability, you know, cause eventually that money's going to run out. I was very lucky though. Cause I know people that have been in that position a lot longer than I was. Um, but I was very lucky because I maintained a busy DJ career. Uh, and I actually got paid for a lot of acting work during that time. Uh, and I was able to sustain and keep my head above water to the point where I get a real job. Um, and I'm storing away money. I'm, I'm doing all the right things. I'm making big boy choices. Um, I'm actually saving money. It was crazy. And then in come Laura and the kids. I mean, it wasn't like that from the beginning. The beginning, it was great. I mean, because they, you know, they weren't living with me or anything. Uh, it was just, you know, hey, let's go hang out today. You know, I have money. I have cash money. Uh, let's go do stuff. Everyone wants a souvenir T-shirt from Star Wars Day. Sure. Why not? I have nothing else to spend money on other than myself. Um, yeah, everybody wants a, you know, a corn dog dipped in hot fudge that's disgusting i don't know i was just trying to think of something different but you know you know what i'm saying like it's like yeah let's do the most lavish thing because that's what i have to pay for and that's all i have to pay for um and not gonna lie it was pretty great and i'm thinking this is easy i can do this parenting thing i can adult i can be responsible this is all there is to it um and the the next story I'm going to tell kind of in line with this is not a great one. Um, and I'm not going to lie. It's one at one point, Laura was like, hey, you might not want to tell that one, but I'm going to, even though she, her advice is usually really, really good. Um, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because a couple of reasons. First of all, it does not paint me in a great light, which I think is important because sometimes you know, I'm telling all these stories and look how wonderful our family is and look how great everything worked out. And it's important every now and then to show that's not always the case. You know, it's there's there's some some grind before the glory. Um, and sometimes it's important to show that so people listening aren't like, wow, well, your life is just perfect. Awesome. Thanks for rubbing it in my face. Show off. Um but but that and it, it's a huge turning point in my life, I guess. I mean, it definitely in our relationship. So anyway, at this point, Laura and the kids are not living with me, but they were staying over every now and then because they were about to move in. And, you know, we both thought it was very important to start getting them acclimated to my place because it was different. It was new. The whole situation was, you know, just chaotic. So it was like, let's get them used to it. So it's not such a shock. And it, and it worked, worked really well. You know, they, they made themselves at home pretty quickly and they liked it. Uh, they didn't even mind sharing a room cause they had bunk beds. Like it was, it was going really well. And then one night we come home or should I say I come home? I think I had rehearsal for a play. Uh, I, that sounds right. And I, I was coming home a little bit later than everybody else. And I come home. It wasn't that late. Maybe it's like nine o'clock and all the lights are out. And I'm thinking, wow, they, they went to bed really early tonight. I come in 
And most of you have probably been in this situation before you walk in the door and you can just get that sinking pit in your stomach. Cause usually you'll see like the light, you know, the clock on like the VCR or DVD player, you know, on, you'll see some kind of light in the house. There was nothing because the power been shut off. I just, you know, and at that point, cause I'd had, sadly, this is not the first time this had happened to me. I'd had, you know, the gas and electric shut off on a couple different occasions. And, you know, I, I was very lucky for a lot of years to have some really, really gracious landlords who were like, hey, if, you know, they're very understanding about it, but, you know, they're like, pay for it when you can. In the meantime, if you need to, you know, take a shower, we live right upstairs, we have hot water, um, you know, but I, I never took them up on that because I thought, no, like, I need to suffer basically like I need to do this to to reiterate to myself like you need to get yourself out of this position um, and it worked for the most part. But obviously, you know, I, I got a little absent minded, let things slip. And this particular time I had forgotten to pay the electric bill. And so before I got home, Laura comes home with the kids to a pitch dark apartment that's completely foreign, obviously not the best you know, not the best situation for them to walk into. So they went back to the house they were living into at that time. Um, and I knew that obviously. So I ran right over there. I, I drove right over to make sure everybody was okay. Uh, and they were, they were a little freaked out, but everybody was fine. Um, and, and Laura said to me, you know, and we're, we both are very lighthearted and jokey, but when we get serious, it's serious. And she said, this will never happen again, just so you know. And I, that truer words have never been spoken. Like nothing hit could hit harder to me. It was like, no, you're right. Like it's that time. Like I'm letting them move into the apartment. I like things are getting real. If I'm going to be the provider, like they need to count on me. They, they can't worry about this stuff ever happening again. You know, I, I need to prioritize. Um, and that moment, and it's sad because at this point I'm probably 39 years old, but at that point I was like, this is where it changes. This is the moment where this never happens again. And it hasn't, thankfully, knock on whatever this thing is made out of. Um, but yeah, it's at that moment you have to make that choice to pull up your big boy pants and think, okay, maybe I don't need this extra piece of vinyl or maybe I don't need you know, this to, to eat out for lunch today. Maybe I can just take a little extra time and make myself a lunch, you know, so I can pay for, for bills this month. Certainly not the most exciting thing in the world, but you know, it works out. Um, you know, and then, and then shortly after that incident, they move in and now I have to feed and clothe and, and pay for necessities like school or camp, you know, and money and finance become very, very real. Uh, and you know, again, not the most exciting thing, certainly not something I ever enjoyed talking about, um, uh, because who does really? Well, obviously some people like it very much, but most of us don't enjoy that because most of us are not in a awesome financial situation. Um, but this is where you make an important decision. And again, not the sexiest thing in the world, but an important decision to have a joint or separate account, bank account. Um, 
And now again, at this point, Laura and the kids had just moved in with me. So, you know, we weren't quite at that point where we would have a joint account, but it was talking about the future. Things were moving that way clearly. So it was, what are we going to do about this? You know, are, are we going to, you know, have joint or just be on our own? And she was very upfront and said, look, with my previous relationship, we had a joint account. I'm never doing that again. Because here's the thing. They had a joint account. They shared the money and they went into it with a very clear idea of this is how this is going to go. This is the way this money's being divided. And then you get into it and then realize you actually have very different opinions on where that money's going to go once the money is in there. It's one thing to talk about it beforehand, but then once you're in that position, it's like, wow, we've saved up all this money. Well, this is what I want to do with it, and this is what I want to do with it. And if you can't see eye to eye, but you both have access to that money, that is a very dangerous thing. Um, you know, and you start figuring out, you know, when you have to make those decisions, decisions as a couple, where the financial priorities are, you know, and I think we've done a pretty good job at this. You figure out when it's okay to splurge because I'm a splurger. <laughs> I am a, I'm a big time splurger and I've gotten so much better at this. I'm currently, as I'm recording this, I'm looking at all these random pieces of artwork that I didn't need. I'm looking at a, <laughs> I'm, I'm right now holding a samurai baker figurine from Saturday Night Live, John Belushi's famous character, one of my favorite sketches from Saturday Night Live. I have a an action figure of it with karate chopping action. I didn't need to spend money on that. I thought it'd be worth something someday. It's not. Spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm someone who likes to splurge on myself and others. And, you know, it's finding out when you're in a good enough position to actually do that. Because to me, honestly, I think it's important. I think we get too serious in life and money is too much of a, a weight, you know, pulling us down. Every now and then you have to surprise yourself and other people and, and give yourself a treat, even if it's just a tiny little one. Uh, I, I do think it's important. Um, and, and on top of that, finding out if it's worth it, you know, spending that money, whether it's five dollars or one hundred dollars, you know what kind of memory are you getting out of it? What kind of experience are you getting out of it? Like you can spend a hundred dollars and get a, a thing or, or do an event, something that's going to last with you for the rest of your life. To me, hundred percent worth it. Or you could spend five, 10 bucks and get something that's going to be thrown out in 10 minutes. Well, that's obviously not worth it. So it, it's figuring out when it is worth it. You know, like you know, in the road trip episode, I, I referenced it. You know, we we take a road trip to Boston. We do all this cool stuff. And the biggest thing the kids take away from the whole trip was that we had a really cool water slide in the hotel room or in, in the room. That would be a sweet hotel room. No, in the hotel, we had this amazing water slide. And that was their favorite thing from the trip. So, you know, maybe we didn't have to spend all that money going whale watching. Or maybe we didn't have to go out for lobster. Although you 100% have to go out to, for lobster if you're in. Boston. Why wouldn't you? Lobster. So obnoxious. Um, you know, Christmas presents. Oh my God. How much money do we waste on Christmas presents? I mean, obviously other than the ones that Santa gets, cause we don't have to worry about those, but you know, the, the presents that we buy smooth, the presents that we buy, 
you know, we, we find these things and it's, it's us reliving our childhood, but it's like, oh my God, this is totally going to be worth it. They're going to play with it every day. It's going to be the most amazing thing. And then you get it. And for the next like 10 minutes, it is their favorite thing. And then they move on to their next favorite thing. And then the other favorite thing that you spent lots and lots of money on because you thought it was going to be totally worth it, gets shoved in the closet, never to be played with again. And you feel like a chump. Um, I mean, just for example. I'm not saying that's happened to me. I'm just, it's hundred percent happened to me. Um, baseball. Oh my God. Merle loves, you know, loves playing baseball and he is a stuff kid. Like he loves his stuff. So I'll get him stuff. He's like, okay, if this is going to make it more memorable for him. And then half of it, he cares about it, half of it, he doesn't. Um, yeah, you can't expect your kids to care about everything you're going to buy for them. And that's a hard lesson I've had to learn is, you know, I, I went into it, this mentality of like, I spent this money on you. You must appreciate it. Well, if they didn't ask for it, what are they? So they just have to bend over backwards to say, thank you for this thing that you foolishly spent a ton of money on without thinking about it, without talking to somebody they're supposed to appreciate that. Really think it through Russ. Come on, dummy. So yeah, it's some very real conversations that have to happen. Um, and again, all this came about because of the wedding, because that day is creeping up ever so more quickly. Um, obviously, it's a big day and a lot of money goes into it. But you're at that threshold, that precipice, if you will. Million dollar word. Um, you know, you're at that point where it's like now you are officially starting your life together. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Learning from experience, learning from other people's mistakes and failures, if you want to say that, uh, put it that way. So communication is key in any relationship. We can all agree on that. No matter what the relationship is, communication is paramount. But in my opinion and experience, it's never more important than when money is involved. That is the most important time to communicate because think about it. And I certainly don't have this study right in front of me to go off of specific numbers, but divorce, one of the highest causes for divorce are fights over money, you know, because money is such a stressor in our lives. It will always be a stressor in your life unless you're Bill Gates just rolling in stupid Scrooge McDuck money like it is always going to be a stressor in your life. So if you can't get on the same page with your partner, you are just always going to be fighting an uphill battle. And that is just stupid because you're both going through the same fight. You might as well be on the same page because that's what you're entering into, right? You're entering into this marriage or whatever your union may be. You're, you have your partner be a partner, especially when it comes to money. And it's not the sexiest or most interesting conversation, but it helps keep each other honest. Like with us, you know, we'll start talking about it and we'll have these conversations of, hey, this is where I'm at this week. Where are you? OK, so I'm going to get groceries this week and you get it next week uh, because that's just the way things are balancing out for us. And you have that conversation and then you don't have those surprises of, you know, oh, I spent $60 on T-shirts last week for the kids, so I don't have money to buy groceries. Sorry, I didn't tell you about that. You know, you don't have those. You have those real honest conversations of this is where we're at. And now that stress, the stress is always going to be there, but it's a little bit less because you know where you're at. 
and you can plan going forward and have still fun moments without complete, completely putting yourself behind the eight ball and just living in a bug, big ball of stress. That's going to do it for me. Episode 24 of the Death of a Bachelor podcast. Uh, the finale, episodes one and two, are coming up later this week. So listen for those. Again, check me out at RussBurtonEntertainment.com. Thank you so much for listening. Be good to each other.